Welcome to Newcastle Libraries Real. Newcastle Libraries can be accessed from wherever you live with the Newcastle Library app. Put borrowing at your fingertips. I invite you to close your eyes and imagine. Imagine that there are no buildings, no roads, no cars, just the trees, plants, animals and the very first storytellers of this land, the Awabakal and Waramai people. So I acknowledge them as the traditional custodians of this beautiful land in which we live. Grow, eat, compost, repeat with Christina Roberts. Today my special guest is Chris Arnold. He's an avid home gardener, a community garden enthusiast, also known as Green Thumb Guru on Instagram, where he shares his experience and love of growing vegetables in a small suburban plot. So today we are going to extend the the composting theme that we've been exploring over the last three episodes and we're going to have a chat about Chris's self-imposed composting challenge which involved recording the amount of scraps that his family composted over one year. Welcome to the show. Thanks Christina, pleasure. So tell me Chris, let's just talk first about your veggie patch. Yeah, so look our veggie patch kicked off uh, about 10 years ago when we first bought our property over in Mayfield. Uh, So we're, you know, we're sitting on a 300 square metre block so Mm. and and that includes a whole house and everything Mm -hmm. so the yard's quite small as well. Mm. I think think I've worked out our whole block is roughly, I think the the actual square metre in the yard is only like less than 100 square metres that we've got to grow with so we're quite mm. compact and and in you know your, your typical urban uh, urban environment yeah okay so i know it's a small space i know that the light is not so great in terms of the sun and you've had to be very creative about you know how you grow vertically horizontally you know exactly. that kind of thing yeah you've seen obviously what i've done yeah. over the years i've uh, had to use every square centimeter in the in the space that i've got mm-hmm. um you know like from putting blueberries in pots up on top of the chook pan and the mm. and the kids cubby house roof to capture the best sun as as we've been there for longer as well you know the the trees mature as well so the, you know they've been you know uh, neighbor neighboring trees as well mm. that i've got no control over mm. so that started to limit our light coming into our backyard as well so we've got those challenges yeah yeah so obviously you've been very creative in your garden. What sort of things have worked for you? What hasn't worked? Yeah, look, a bit of a mixture of everything. Certain crops that I've tried growing have worked really well, and, and I'll look at keeping those um, those plants on to save the seed each year. As, and then they do get better, you know, mm-hmm. acclimatising and adapting to our conditions there. Mm-hmm. And then other things like certain fruits that need full sun, mm-hmm. um, they haven't done so well, you know. So things like tomatoes and your cucumbers and uh, zucchinis and pumpkins and all that sort of stuff that needs a lot of space to spread out hasn't worked so much so I've just scrapped it and just grow what you can grow basically so yeah and then you know and then you've got all your different pests that you've got to manage as well um, I know you've had a rat problem a recent mm-hmm. rat problem it's absolutely done my head in um, I've just need to really um, you know try to get through that little patch as well mm-hmm. you know with going through that tough time with different pests and stuff it can yeah. be pretty disheartening um, and it can leave you you know just really just pretty much ready to throw the whole lot in you know mm-hmm. with gardening when you get a pest like that that's really hard to manage um but you just need to keep your head sort of screwed on and just keep at them and yeah yep, yeah yep. and it sounds like you're very creative and very pragmatic about <laughs> how you work in your garden yep. um which then leads us on to this compost challenge yep so you know essentially i understand that you decided to record 
all of the scraps that your household produced for one whole year. Exactly. So what inspired you to do that? Yeah, it just kind of come about, uh, you know, my wife and I were having a conversation. It was around Christmas time. So the year was already coming to the end. And, and in summer, you know, we were growing a lot of like a lot of produce that created a lot of kitchen waste, you know, a lot of like heavy, heavy, um, you know, and I was taking the compost bin out every week and like mm. some of them would weigh up to a couple of kilo just in yeah. each, just in each, um, in, in each, uh, you know, bucket. And, and then I started saying to the wife, like, wouldn't it be cool to, to you know, to work out how much we're actually, how much uh, compost for that mm. we're actually like, you know, weighing in each mm. year and do it and record it for a whole year. So, you know, and I'm like, let's just do it. Like, mm. let's just get the, get the notebook out. Yeah. We had the kitchen scales yeah. and just religiously done it every, every couple of days whenever mm-hmm. the compost would um, build up yeah. and just, started recording you know it was quite difficult to to get on a routine and pattern in the first couple of weeks remembering Mm. to do it Mm -hmm. but then once I got past that sort of first three or four weeks it would just become habit so yeah yeah. and so are you using like a big compost plastic bin or have you got an in-ground one how are you yeah so I was when I first started composting in our yard like we had the just your typical compost bins that go firm down to the ground Mm -hmm. and then as as I've kind of you know been gardening over the years and space has become quite a you know bit of a you know like a bit of an issue with utilizing mm. the space i've had to like they, they they were taking up quite a fair bit of space so i've like i've had to scrap those fruit trees um you know took took over mm. in um as being a more uh you know a, a better use of space mm-hmm. uh and then i then i turned over to using the um just those uh the they're about a 60 liter black plastic bin that you get mm-hmm. from bunnings with yep. the lids drilled several holes in the in around the sides of those and in the base mm-hmm. that's just to allow for good airflow and drainage to come through as well yeah. uh, so I've got a series of three of those plus a worm farm and then eight hungry chooks that eat plenty of food scraps so, <laughs> so nothing goes to waste yeah. it's all being properly managed in yeah. you know in the best way possible yep that's amazing and so what did you learn about yourself doing this um, experiment there's a, there's a lot of like people that are even you know even more advanced in composting than myself mm. out there as well so I learn a lot from others online people that you connect with and, and just knowing like what you can actually compost and, mm-hmm. and it blew my mind. I was only doing still just the basics like food scraps. But when you start to think, you know, there's so much more stuff that can be mm-hmm. composted that is going out and out into the general waste bin each week, you know. Right. So, yeah. so like what sort of things do you end up putting in oh, the compost? Oh, look, I've, I've put everything in there. So mm-hmm. when we when we have like um, takeaway now, anything mm-hmm. that's in a cardboard box, all the wrapping and everything like that. Yeah. Um, you know, like puddle pop sticks. Really? Um, yeah, puddle okay. like anything that's anything that's like any kind of like wood timber mm-hmm. even pizza boxes pizza boxes have mm. be- become one of my favorite things to layer on top of my worm farm so it, oh, it yeah. keep, and i'm just laying each time we've got you know uh, you know a, a pe- couple of pizza boxes coming through mm. they're always on top of the um all the um all your compost material that's going yep. in so you just i just uh, scatter some you know some dry leaf um litter that i always collect in bags along mm-hmm. the side you know and i just scatter a couple of um you know handfuls of leaf litter in and then the pizza box goes straight on top keeps it nice and insulated and then yep. the worm will work their way to the top yeah and they eat through the pizza box the pizza boxes are gone within literally as soon as you're layering the next it's like a making lasagna as soon as you're layering, <laughs> the, la- layering all that all those layers all on top the mm-hmm. pizza boxes are gone within a couple of weeks yeah oh, yep. that's amazing yep. yep i actually use pizza boxes to mulch my garden like if i'm trying to create a new garden bed for, for veggies or just for ornamental area yeah i just lay the pizza boxes down and i put the mulch on top of that another great great yep. way of using them you know why mm. put them out in the general yeah. waste and you know and 
and then the worms get to taste some out some, right. some leftovers as well. Any, any, right. any, anything that's left in the end, end of the pizza box. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so tell me, what, what was the quantity of uh, material that you then? Yeah. Re- so look, I, I, I had no idea like where mm. we were going to end up by the end of the by the end of the year. You know, we came in at two hundred and eighty kilo, so a quarter of a ton mm-hmm. from one household, and that's a, we're a family of five, um, and that's that's not including plate scraps. So like there was a lot of stuff that went to the dog as well. Mm. Um, and, 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 then, and then this year I've actually started to then, you know, really ramp up even your, your general plate scraps, like things like meat, mm. cheese and bread and all the things that you wouldn't think that you can put in a compost. Mm. The compost bin consumes them. There's worms in there. There's yeah. so many small, um, you know, micro organisms that are just in there eating everything away. Like mm. even... Even to the point like where you've got your black soldier fly, like a lot of people don't mm. know much about the black soldier fly. Yeah. Their larvae are so much more quicker at devouring uh, any any like breaking down like food material or anything like mm-hmm. that, um, much more quicker than what worms do, your, your general right. composting worms. So. so are you, you must, if you're adding meat and dairy, you must be getting your compost pretty hot. Not really. No, I'm running more of a cold pot, cold, cold compost really? system. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and due to the still size. Add- yeah, yeah. That. It's just keeping it dry enough. So if you find mm-hmm. that if you're adding too much of your, your your green material, which is like all your general kitchen waste that can mm-hmm. can get it get quite smelly and a bit mucky. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're adding enough carbon material, which is yep. all your browns, all your like all your cardboard, anything that's gonna dry and soak that up yep. and keeping it well balanced. Yep. And and you just gotta work to, you know, work work off your nose, smell it, or if mm-hmm. it starts to smell bad and it's looking a bit green and mucky and it's not draining mm-hmm. properly, add some brown in. Yep. If it's looking too dry, then you can give it a light little hose down. Look, I I, I rarely have to put any moisture. I don't have to ever hose right. mine down. There's always that good um, consistency of moisture in the bin at all times, yeah. And do you aerate often? Yes. Yeah, yes. very very often. It's yeah. it's pretty important, especially if you're working in a compost bin like that as well. It mm-hmm. can kind of compact down very like mm-hmm. a fair bit. So I've always got one of those uh, the, the, just the standard pitchforks um, at hand. Just fork that in and just move it back and forth and get a bit of air into. Oh, there. okay. So yeah. you haven't got those aerators that have got the. The spiral at the base. Yeah, I know those ones yeah. where you can sort of put it and you can spin, spin them it. around. Yeah. yeah, they work. They seem to work really well in sort of yeah, getting down to the to the bottom of yeah. the um the compost bin and then pulling it back up, mm-hmm. and that's a good way of turning it through as well. But yeah. a pitchfork, you say, works just as well. Pitchfork, yeah, just mm-hmm. as just as good. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, grow your knowledge around composting with Newcastle Library's educational videos. NewcastleLibrary.gov.au I know that you have like obviously you're working you're you're at home in a small suburban plot. And you've got experience um, at a community garden, yes. um, Silso Street in Mayfield. So you'd be involved in composting in two different, I guess, environments. What are some of your your tips for people starting out on their compost journey? Yeah, look, just get started. Jump on. Uh, jump mm-hmm. online, read some books, chat with other people that are composting mm-hmm. already. There's so much to learn and it doesn't have to be complicated or difficult, mm-hmm. you know, like just just having a go is is a starting point, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you're not going to perfect it straight away yeah. um, and I think people are spooked by that they think it's going to smell and and, mm. and it's all dirty and it is dirty it's dirty mm. stuff you know yeah. like it's yeah and it's not meant to be clean but it's it's how we've all got to be properly managing our waste you know mm. so yeah, yeah yeah the most simplest way for someone to get started don't go complicating things. There's so many products out there on the market. Like you've got all the the different types of tumbler bins and compost mm. bins and ones that you can dig into the ground. Literally get a shovel, go and dig a hole and bury your waste. Bury it that mm-hmm. way. It's going to break down. 
um, you know, it's got to have connection to the soil to work properly. And and I've done it numerous times before. If I've got an empty garden bed with Mm -hmm. nothing that I've got um, in there growing at the the Mm -hmm. time, if I know that I'm planting a new crop, that's going to require... Um, you know, a lot of like composted, um, you know, so, if I need to improve the soil, I'm yeah. basically looking ahead mm-hmm. and I start trenching and just start it and just start digging, digging through right. and turning that through, dig yep. it down around sort of 20 to 30 centimetres. Yep. So it's not right on the surface of the soil. Yep. And then, and then leave that, you know, a month, two months, come mm-hmm. back and it's, and the, and the soils, they're ready to go. You know, you've got so ah. much activity, they're ready to go. Yeah, That's a really smart way to do it, actually. It is. It kind of actually mm. cut, it saves you time because mm. you cut it, you cutting out that middle process you're cutting it cutting out that process and time in mm. composting it elsewhere and then having to let it all break down and then you've got to like truck it in and then, yes. and, then and then offload it again yep. you're kind of double handling but if you do yep. it that way and you're actually just digging through it's already breaking down there in that in that spot where, where mm-hmm. it needs to be yep and so how long would you so i'm just thinking logistically to get all that comp all that material into the bed yep. and then leave it there yep. would you just keep adding it for like i don't know three weeks or something something and then leave it for a period of time yeah definitely so i kind of like work to a section so i might just kind of like you know maybe mark out a section you know like a meter square yeah and then just sort of really keep adding in there and if you if you start digging you find yourself coming over the top of like you know previous compost material mm. from the week before yep. you just you just work to a new spot mm-hmm. and it's all going in and it's all just going to do its magic the worms are already mm-hmm. there in the garden bed ready mm-hmm. to ready to break it all down mm. so yeah i'm yeah. just i'm just quizzing you because i have got new plans for my backyard which you've seen before And so I'm just trying to work out how I'm going to manage it. Yes. But certainly when you've got multiple garden beds, you Mm -hmm. can leave one bare and then, you know, get it ready like as you say. Yeah. I suppose the tricky part is you you can only really pull that off if you've got a spare um, spot in a garden Mm. bed. Most people that are like that are really into growing vegetables don't have that space and they don't have really, you know, the the, the space is quite quite precious and you've always got, you know, you've always got new crops coming through. Mm. Um, But it's good to let your soil rest for a period, you know, yes. I believe instead of just working it, you know, too hard yeah. and you're always planting into it, you got to, mm-hmm. you got to give back to the soil. So then it can give back to the plants. And, yeah. Because yeah, well, yeah. certainly the, the, the health of the soil and the quality of the soil is so important. It is. Because that's what helps the plants grow and it, be healthy it, it, and it strong. Is, it is, know? it is, you know. So, like, I, I think a lot of gardeners, you know, like, go, if you if you were to step back, like, 10, 15, 20 years ago, mm. you know, all, all on, um, you know, the different products that they were selling, all those artificial fertilisers, and all they do is just, they, they work really good, a quick little hit for a couple of months, mm. but it's not actually, nu- it's not nutritious for the soil. It's not really adding, you know, any kind of, like, life back to the yeah. soil. It's, it depletes really quickly. Mm. And has a quick little burst and then and then it drops yeah. off. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And in your opinion, why is composting so important? Oh, look for our future. You know, like we need mm. to be educating our kids. Mm. Um, we can't continue not managing our waste properly. You know, mm. like it's it's it, it just needs to be returned back to the back to the soil. You know, just to improve yeah. the soil health. Um, and and that's just what it, it happens daily everywhere out in a rainforest. All the leaf litter mm. falls onto the rainforest floor and it just naturally breaks down. It's happening there without us. But yes, you know, like us humans don't we're kind of like taking away that role you know we're, we're, we've kind of lost that role and that connection of you know what we're here for we're, we're mm. here to kind of manage the you know our landscape as well and look after the country so mm. yeah that's very inspiring yeah, yeah yeah it is you know like you don't have to be doing it perfect it's just mm. getting started just yeah. getting started and doing it on a small scale you may have seen there's a there's a new website at sorry there's a new website called share waste so you can jump on there you can become a host yeah or you can actually um you know donate 
donate your your kitchen waste to, to a host around you. And I, I recently yeah. signed up about a month ago. Yeah. Um, and then within a week, I had a had a girl that um, was lived locally, Emily. She came in and dropped off, um, you know, a whole bakashi bin full of um, kitchen waste. And really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So literally just had it oh. in my front yard and just let her know my address. She came in, popped it off, and yeah. it was contactless. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, awesome. And so now you've been able to put that into your compost itself just to help speed up the process. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah 100%. Yeah. So, but look, I, some weeks I've got mm. so much compost coming through, I can't handle it all. So that's when I'm mm. over to, you know, Silso Street over in Mayfield and I'm yeah. dropping off, you know, like a, a whole big tub's worth of compost, yeah. uh, you know, like the material, you know, kitchen waste and leaf litter and grass mm-hmm. clippings and everything to get over there. Um, just, I, I, my bins just can't keep up with it. So, yeah. Well, that's a good, good reason to get involved with the community garden then, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Yep. And so you've, you've sort of touched on this, like people that are starting out new, how are they going to learn about composting? So you've mentioned what, just researching online? Yeah, i done a lot of reading, like in a lot of books, watching Gardening Australia like helps mm. a lot. You know, there's so many excellent gardeners out there that have got mm. a wealth of knowledge and mm. it's, ju- it's just really connecting with those other people, reading online, grab, grab a book and mm. just get started. Just yeah. literally, it's, it's quite simple. Like as soon as you get your, you know, your kitchen waste and it's, and it's, and it's having contact with, the, with, with, it, with any type of soil, it's going to work naturally. You know, the, 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 the beneficial, um, those microscopic beneficial organisms, they're mm. in the air there. They're, they're already there ready to do the stuff. Yeah. But then you, you're composting worms. You need to introduce them into the system and have them there mm-hmm. to then continue to, to really speed that process up. If they're not there to start with, it can be pretty hard. It's, it's a bit, bit slow going. Um, okay. And then it's just getting the recipe right, you know, with adding the brown material yeah. like you, like your your paper and your cardboard and your leaf litter yeah. and stuff like that. So. Okay, so you think people might need to add worms to start in a compost? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. If you're if you're starting, like if you've got contact with the ground, mm-hmm. your earthworms are yeah. going to come up and do that work for you. Mm-hmm. But there's a big difference between your earthworms and, and your composting worms. The composting worms are those tiny little red ones. I think okay. they call them like tiger worms. And then mm-hmm. your earthworms are more that are, you know, always in the ground. So ah. they're both going to do the work, mm-hmm. but the composting worms are actually there more for your food scraps. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know that. There you go. Yeah. yeah. And you just, you just either swap those from other people or you buy them exactly yeah. you, you know you could get kits online bunnings mm-hmm. sell them and most other hardware stores sell yeah. them um you know recently i had uh, a local neighbor that lived just down the road mm. she contacted me on instagram and she wanted to you know she was just setting up a new little compost um kit that she had it was like a garden bed with a uh, with a compost um tower in the middle okay um, and she just she was just asking where can i get some composting worms and i just mm. said look i'll grab some out of my compost bin and i'll give okay. you some for nothing yeah so and then once i worked out where she lived yeah she ended up living just down the road so it was Mm. a great way of connecting with a you know local community member yeah yeah Yeah. that's awesome yeah very good borrow and grow then harvest and share with newcastle seed library free seasonal seeds available now at walls and library newcastlelibrary.gov.au What's the ickiest thing you've ever found in a compost bin? Oh, I had one a couple of months ago. So it wasn't in the compost bin, but it Mm. went through the whole cycle of the compost bin. Mm. It was a full egg and it went rotten. Right. It was bad. So like I had it in in one of the bags. So once I finished making my compost and it's nearly finished breaking Mm. down, I I then move it over into my, you know, those 20 kilo um, chook feed bags. Oh, yes. So I leave it in there until I'm ready to use it. So I've Mm -hmm. gone and grabbed the bag emptied it into one of the uh, into the garden beds getting ready to turn mm-hmm. it through and then I've just started you know putting the shovel in there moving this stuff around and then I heard this massive pop right. and then this thing's just like popped open all over my face and go 
God, this stuff oh, stunk. No. It was rotten. It was really, it had been in there for months. Oh, no. <laughs> it exploded on you. It was bad and it was just reeked everywhere. Yeah. Oh, no. So that would probably be the worst. Yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> what should you not put in a compost bin? Yeah, look, the big, the big no-nos are generally meat. Meat mm-hmm. and bones. And when you're using like your paper and stuff like mm-hmm. that, avoid the glossy paper. Mm-hmm. It's just that that film layer on there and the ink just isn't going to break down. Yeah. If the paper feels nice and dry, if the paper feels dry mm-hmm. and it's got that, you can tell it hasn't got any kind of like ink or layering on it, mm-hmm. and that's good to go. Yeah. And then other than that, look, you know, you just pretty much go for gold. Anything that is a natural kind of, that's originally formed from a natural product yeah. should break down. Yeah. Like I've been composting old socks and undies for Christ's sake. Really? Like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. They disappear, you know, like same thing. <laughs> I layer them across uh, the top of my worm farm mm-hmm. as a way of insulating that top layer. Mm-hmm. And it draws the worms to come up to the top layer instead of being yeah. a bit shy to come up. If yeah. they haven't got any sort of coverage there yeah. and you're just laying your, your food scraps right on top, mm. they're not going to feel safe to kind of come okay. up. And that's when you're going to start to get those smells come out of the worm farm and the mm. compost. If you've got food scraps that are sitting exposed to the air, you want to keep them down mm. under the soil and layer on top so yep. it can kind of break down properly. How would you describe composting in five words? Oh, yeah. So let me have a quick um, think here. So while you're thinking, I will give you my suggestion, which is carbon, nitrogen, super garden food. Love it. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, look, I'd probably say uh, decaying material breaking down organically. Oh, I like that too. Yeah. <laughs> Bit of a sentence as well. Yeah. <laughs> well done. <laughs> and so finally, what would you say to someone who says composting is too hard? Oh, look, I'd say try not to make excuses. Just, you know, get out there and, and have a go. As I said mm. earlier, grab a shovel and just dig a hole and literally just bury it. If you don't have the time to, to be mucking around with compost bins and all the rest mm. of it, jump in and have a go. If you're in a court, yard or on a balcony opt for a worm farm Mm. they're they're nice and compact and and you get kind of two products out of your worm farm they do quite a good job and a quick job as long as you're not feeding them too much and and they can't cope with you know how much food scraps you're giving them but you're going to get worm tea out you know in a liquid form that you can add through a watering can and then you get your worm castings as well Mm. so worm farms are great yeah yeah cool thanks so much that's all right thanks christine thanks for having me Thanks for listening to Grow, Eat, Compost, Repeat. Recycle our podcast by telling your friends about it and help us grow with a five-star rating on iTunes. This has been a Newcastle Libraries Real Production.